Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. Before we get started, I just want to tell you to go pick up my latest book, which is Build Your Brand, Make global business happen. It is a compilation of interviews done from this podcast over the years, as well as insights from company founders and how to structure your business. And you can pick it up on Amazon or ping me and I'll help you out. But let's get on to the great content that we have for you today. I have a wonderful guest, Um, He knows the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. He has actually been a part of founding a company that successfully sold for over $100 million. So we do want to hear his insights, as well as founded a new company that's very successful. And he will help us know a little bit about how to secure venture funding and how to make sure that your teams are working cohesively as they are all working globally. So with that, I want to welcome Thejo Kote to the show. Thank you for having me, Alice. Tell everybody the wonderful things that your company does in the world today. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Airbase. And if you think about the problem of how every business spends money, right? And, and you know, there's the payroll spend and the non-payroll spend. And think about how all of the non-payroll uh, spend is managed. You, know, you have a corporate card system, a payment system, a reimbursement system, and companies are expected to cobble together all of these different systems to manage how that uh, all that money is spent. And it's a huge pain for finance and accounting teams, for the rest of the business. We essentially consolidate and bring all of those uh, different uh, you know, methods of spend and payment into a single platform. And it's a single consistent experience for the people who request it, the people who approve it, and finance and accounting teams. And all in, it's the future of how businesses are going to manage the money that they spend, and uh, that's the problem we solve. I always like my guests to know um, upfront the website for the company for the guests that I'm talking to, and it is airbase.com. So if you happen to be at your computer or someplace where you can go take a peek, it'll help you follow along. What I love about it is you're correct about spend management can, you know, our entrepreneurs and company founders want to be out there making sales and developing their products and their relationships, not managing the back of the house. But the back of the house, if it's not managed right, will kill you in your tracks. Exactly. And it's, uh, you know, you're absolutely right that while it is not maybe the sexiest problem that founders are focused on day in and day out. It is something you have to do. Have you ever heard of a company that does not have to spend money? You have to, right? And especially as you're scaling, uh, the problem becomes more and more and more acute and painful and you don't have the right process. You end up having to throw people at the problem and and hire even more people to solve uh, that pain point. And uh, that's kind of uh, what we help. Yeah, throwing people at the problem is never a good thing when you want to throw people at sales or other pieces. What I do love about this that I encourage people to look at is I love the business structure that you have a free-based opportunity for people to come in and begin using the program as their entrepreneurs getting their businesses off the ground. So can you tell us a little bit about that part of your business model? Yeah. So 
No, we have a, a freemium kind of tier that we like to think about it, where uh, folks can get started, you know, without really uh, having to pay us uh, anything, because we believe that uh, there's a lot of value in, in the product and the platform. And while we traditionally focus a little bit more on, say, you know, 100 employee companies or greater 50 employee companies or larger, uh, that's what we traditionally focus on. It's a paid product. They pay for it. And there's a very clear ROI case to be made. But we want to make sure that even smaller companies start with good habits, right? And so instead of you know, cobbling together like three, four, five different systems to solve the problem, and then they grow up uh, and you don't have to kind of pay the price for success, right? And now you have to rip everything apart and get a better system in place like Airbase. You want to kind of allow even smaller companies to start off uh, with Airbase. And that's kind of the free tier that we have. And a lot of our customers do that. I think, yes, many uh, companies don't grow beyond that free tier and that is fine. And uh, but some do, and and that's kind of good for us. It, it's good for the customer. They all they can just scale uh, on the same platform over time, and that's how we think about it. Well, and I love the tagline on your website on one of the pages: "The price of not using Airbase exceeds the price of using the platform." And and that just hits home. They just, let's take some step backs because I tease the audience that you've built a company before and, and were able to successfully sell it, and also that you have highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Can you give us a little background of how you got to where you are today? Sure. So, you know, I, I grew up in India and uh, you know, I'm uh, an engineer by training. And you know, I, I worked for a few years um, in India as a software engineer and, and learned a lot. It was a great experience, but ultimately it was uh, you know, my kind of dream to come to Silicon Valley and then found a technology startup. And I was reading all about, uh, you know, the magic that happens out here and, I wanted to be here as an Indian. You can't just get on a plane and come here. And so uh, I, I came here as a student, and and uh, which was great. I went to university and and uh, learned a lot and built skills, and and ultimately started uh, you know my first business uh, out here in in uh, you know the San Francisco Bay Area. It was a technology company. We were building a connected car platform, uh, and uh, you know lots of ups and downs in that journey. Uh, but ultimately, I wouldn't uh, trade it for anything, right? It was a fantastic learning experience. And, and uh, I think my current company, Airbase, uh, they're in a good position because of a lot of the mistakes that I made you know, building my previous company. Look, it ultimately landed in the right place, uh, you know, automatic my previous company. That's all good. Uh, but uh, maybe I would have had a little more hair, uh, you know, if... if uh, uh, I wasn't uh, as inexperienced uh, when I went into that journey, right? And uh, um, now I'm bringing a lot of those lessons to bear as I build this business. And uh, I have the ability to maybe look a little around the corner on a lot of those issues and I can identify patterns of how things have played out in the past. And I guess that's what experience is all about, right? Well, and your your last company was automatic and you sold it to Cirrus XM. And a lot of times we talk with founders about when you start that company and when you're building your company, you should still always be thinking about your exit strategy. And, and as you said, building the right bones, even the non-sexy parts of your business to be sure that it's in a, a good place. Um, so tell us what was the impetus really for starting Airbase? Like how did it... How did the thought come in your mind? Who did you partner with to get it off the ground? So, yeah, this is the problem that I 
learned about when I was building my previous company, right? And like I said, I'm an engineer, I'm a product person. When I started Automatic, my previous company, I didn't know anything about finance and financial operations. And I didn't know the difference between cash and accrual accounting and uh, you know nothing, right? But uh, the nature of our business was such that I was kind of forced to learn and we were making hardware, they were you had to build up inventory and, and cash flow management and all of that kind of stuff. And if you got it wrong, you know, you could kill the business, right? And so uh, I made an effort to learn and it was a journey. Uh, you know, it was fantastic. I learned a lot, but it was also a pretty frustrating experience for me, just given how bad I felt the tools were, right? And and how kind of fragmented and siloed and whole you know set of challenges around uh, how we manage uh, the money that we spent. And as a founder of a, what was then a very unprofitable company, I really cared about spend management and figuring out what we were spending money on and things like that. It wasn't easy. And so, but of course I was building a different company. It went into my ideas notebook to dig into when I had the time. And when I, finally we sold the company to SiriusXM. Um, you know, I took a break and then I was digging into what I was going to do next. And this was the idea that I kept coming back to. And uh, I, had, I had a thesis about uh, what the solution could be uh, mm-hmm. a lot better. But then I spent a lot of time speaking with you know, a few dozen controllers and accounting managers and CFOs and VPs of finance and the people who lived uh, with that problem every day. And, and the more I spoke with them, the more I learned and the, you know, the conviction grew that, okay, there is actually a, a pretty good opportunity here uh, to uh, create a solution that doesn't exist and, and there's a need for, right? So tell us a little bit more about what I experience as a client, exactly what services I'm getting from Airbase. Yeah, so typically, you know, when you are running a business, you have to spend money in lots of different ways. You have to pay vendors in lots of different ways. Some people accept your uh, payment through a credit card or a corporate card that you have on behalf of the business, right? And you can log into your website. You can put in the corporate card number there. You can pay, right? Some businesses will not accept cards. They will send you an invoice and you are expected to log into your bank account and wire them the money or send them, mail them a check or something like that. And sometimes if you're a large enough business and employees are spending their own money, you have to reimburse employees for the money that they spend on the company's behalf. All of these different things today typically happen as you scale a business. You know, if you're a, once you get past 15, 20, 25 uh, employees, you have to go get independent systems to solve each of these problems, right? So corporate cards, you might go to American Express uh, or, or, or you have the bank that you work with. You know, uh, a bill payment solution, you might go to a system like bill.com and, and a reimbursement system, you might go get something like an Expensify, but then you, you know, cobble all of these systems together and, and that's not a great experience. So we essentially say, you know what, you don't need all of these different systems, you get one platform, right? And so, or you want to spend money on corporate cards, Airbase offers that. And all of the card spend management happens in Airbase, Bill payments are managed in Airbase. Reimbursements are managed in Airbase. From, from an experience perspective for your employees, they don't have to ever log into multiple systems to request spend or approve spend. It's happening in one place. The finance and accounting workflows are all completely streamlined because all of the you know, non-payroll dollars that you're spending are flowing through a single platform. And the larger a company gets, the more acute the pain becomes when you have to deal with so many different systems. And, and uh, you know, so we have many customers who are hundreds of employees and, and uh, they especially value the benefits of just having one single system. You can now also in real time, see how much money the business is spending, which is very hard to do uh, you know, in, in, in the traditional case when you have many different systems because you have to wait till the end of the month 
your accountants do what's known as a monthly close right. process, right? And so it's only then you get a you know, idea of how much should I actually spend. Now, otherwise, you can't see it in real time in the middle of the month. Right, which, because- as a founder who was running a business, was super frustrating to me. Right? Yeah, well, and because most most founders and the people that are building your company aren't like QuickBook experts or this, the accounting software experts where they're going to be able to pop in and look at everything. And let's talk about that because you have partnerships and integrations that your company works with. Um, yeah. Was it, did you have some of those already designed and in mind as you started to build your company? Um, because you, again, you, you talk about you can't just be this standalone piece. It all still needs to be seamless. Um, exactly. Tell us how that the partnership building worked for you. Yeah, at the end of the day, uh, there, there are different kinds of partnerships that work depending on the business you are and uh, all of that, right? But uh, you, you're specifically referring to the ERP systems or the accounting mm-hmm. software packages. Uh, you know, for product integrations, uh, that's one category of kind of partnerships and integrations that you can go and build. The, the product that you offer itself is integrated with. Uh, Know, some other uh, you know, product or, or, or business. Uh, that's all about, it starts and ends in my mind with the question of, does it solve a problem for the customer, right? And why do we integrate with accounting software packages and ERP systems? Because automating away accounting is a huge value proposition that our product provides, right? When all of the you know, non-payroll dollars that you spend are flowing through one system can be automated away how it's all recorded in your accounting package so that the end of the month when you want to report on the financials and you want to create statements today it's a very manual process when you have many different systems but if you build an integration and you use airbase a whole bunch of that just gets automated away so it is a huge value proposition and it was kind of a no-brainer for us to go build those integrations right and so similarly as we have scaled we have built integrations today now with hris systems that are hr information systems but for our larger customers they want to automate the adding and removing of employees from Airbase because they don't want to come and do it in Airbase specifically every time they add or remove an employee. They want a single master source of truth where they do it in the HR information system. And we just integrate with that system. And as you add and remove employees in in that system, we do that in Airbase. So that is additional value there, right? So I always ask the question, what is the value to the customer, right? And and, uh, now it starts and ends over there. And if there is, uh, you know, value in making that investment, we do it. Otherwise, we don't. Right? Let's switch and talk about your teams. Tell us how you you scaled up, how you started with that team and what your team looks like today. So we've always been a globally distributed team, right? As of now, we have employees in about nine countries. And uh, so this was not a pandemic thing for us. Even before the pandemic, the company was founded in 2017. Uh, I started off by building a completely distributed Right, and uh, we have a lot of folks on the product development team in India. We have a lot of folks on the sales and marketing teams in the U.S. and Canada, and there are other folks in, in a bunch of other countries. And that's something that you know I made that choice partly because I learned my lesson the hard way from my previous company. That you know, with, with my previous company, everybody was out here in San Francisco, and you know not a lot of lessons about the challenges of hiring rapidly when you're growing. Right, it's incredible. Uh-huh difficult in this kind of very competitive ecosystem to find people and you have open roles you know that you can't fill for really long periods of time and that hurts the business right and so 
if you are able to make the remote culture work and, and the distributed nature of kind of the team work from a culture perspective, it's a huge advantage because the world is your talent pool right now, right? And there are definitely very smart people everywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, you have access to them now. You can hire and grow a lot faster. And so that was kind of the primary motivation uh, for me to kind of start going that route. And, and uh, we're still doing it. We're a hundred plus uh, employees on the team now, and, and we continue to hire people, uh, you know, wherever uh, they are. And, uh, you know, it's worked out really well, and there's no going back to it at this point. So I don't want to necessarily give a specific software package a, a promo, but I do have to ask with 100 distributed team members, what are some of the tools you use to keep everybody cohesive and aligned? Yeah, no, I'll give the promo for all the tools that we use and <laughs> like them and Zoom, obviously, for all video communications. And uh, we use Slack for all asynchronous communication uh, for you know, long-term knowledge storage uh, and, and, and sharing of uh, long-term knowledge. We use a system called Notion, uh, you know, which is a kind of a, uh, you know, tool that you can use for you know, a variety of different use cases. And then use Asana for project management. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the you know, important tools that we use to stay on the same page, right? And, and uh, it's worked out really well for us. Well, thank you for sharing, for sharing that. To start your company, you know, we talk about fundraising and, and tell us a little bit about your path for securing, um, you know, venture funding or how did you go about starting the financial uh, baseline for the company? So, you know, the experience with my previous company and this company has been dramatically different, right? So with, with Automatic, uh, you know, every round I raised, I desperately needed the money to continue building the business. It was not a fun place to be in. And uh, it, was a, it was an uphill uh, battle and task, partly because you know, I don't think I was experienced enough to understand the dynamics of what makes funding rounds get done, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, this time around, uh, you know, I, that experience has really helped. Then uh, you know, the single biggest thing that matters is uh, to put yourself in a position where you don't really need the money. And that's the most important thing, right? To really focus on the customer, to build the right product. And, and, and you know, even if you raise some early initial money, you invest your own money, whatever approach you take, how quickly can you get to the point where you are generating revenue? Where in the worst case, if nobody comes and funds you, your plan can never be somebody will come and give me money and that's how I build my business, right? And so, because almost always that will never happen. Because the, the way it actually works is that investors really, really want to invest in the businesses that don't need the money, right? And they will come <laughs> and offer you the money to scale faster, to grow faster. And the question always is, okay, how do I engineer myself into that position? And is that possible? Right? Can I go get early evidence of uh, you know, the fact that I'm solving a really valuable problem? Can I get people to pay me? Can I show that kind of evidence? And you know, if you do that effectively and have this mindset of I'm going to build a sustainable business that doesn't even need investment. Chances are that you, know, you put yourself in a position that makes your business attractive and you're actually building a good business, which makes it interesting for investors to come in and invest. Right? Well, thanks for sharing that. I made a couple notes while you were you were talking because the phrase um, "you can never plan that people will give you money" is is a great way to look at it. 
when you're in those early stages and you're trying to get Airbase's name out to the marketplace and get your first people to come in to get your first, uh, you know, moving from pre-revenue to revenue, what were some of the marketing and sales strategies that your team employed? Look, this time around, I will admit I had an unfair advantage because, uh, you know, I'd built a company, I had an exit, I had a network, uh, but, you know, and I leveraged that network and, and uh, you know, the, all the early customers that we had uh, were all companies where I knew the founders. Doesn't mean that, you know, the founders had, had would make the decision because we sell into finance teams, we sell into accounting teams, we sell into controllers and, and VPs of finance. And at best, the founders who were my friends would introduce me to, uh, you know, their uh, team members, but, you know, they're all smart people and they're not going to tell uh, their uh, lead, other leaders in the team how to do their job, right? And so I still had to go in and convince them that there was still uh, value in what we were doing and, uh, you know, what the relationships helped was in getting the meeting. Right? And so the first question you have to ask yourself is who's your target customer and how do you get that meeting, right? And then that's where you, you know, uh, hustle and, and you try to, you know, cold outreach. If that's what you have to do, use your network, be shameless about asking people in your network for introductions to people if they are connected to your target kind of company and, and hustle, 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 right? So you have to kind of do everything you can uh, until you start building that reputation because once you start landing the first one, two, three customers, mm-hmm. then case studies and you use you know that experience with those customers to build case studies and use them as an example that look here are other customers we are uh, serving already and you build confidence in uh, people who come uh, further down the line and you kind of progressively build on that right so what brings you joy every day i just have to ask um because you know most of my entrepreneurs and company founders you know you're such busy people what brings you joy Look, uh, I'm the father of a two and a half year old, and and uh, the thing that makes everything go out of my head is I, I I see the big smile on her face of the the you know when I'm playing with her, everything else disappears, right? And uh, so it's not lost on me that what I do at work is you know lots of fun, engaging, interesting, all of that is hundred uh, percent true. But uh, you know, and going back, if I was uh, to go back and be honest about why is Airbase a fully distributed remote company, for example, there is a selfish reason there because that was a time when my wife and I were deciding to start a family. And uh, I I knew if I went back into this mode I was in in my previous company, uh, I'd, I'd really be home and I'd be working really hard. I still work really hard. But the fact that I'm at home means that I get to spend a lot of time with my daughter, which I've been able to do over the last two and a half years. I'm not commuting for a couple of hours a day and that's time I get back, you know, to spend with my family and, and uh, these are all trade-offs uh, that you make, right? And uh, so, you know, work is always uh, secondary. Yes, being a founder, starting a company, all of that is all-consuming in, in, in some ways, but uh, I would like to think I've gotten a little smarter about work-life balance and figuring out uh, what really matters uh, as I've become uh, older, right? I think that's wonderful. I, I, I have to start a, set an alarm <laughs> at my at my phone to know when to leave work because sometimes I need to be told it's time it's it's time to leave and then I still don't always do that I admit that. Let we like to ask our guests if we come back and talk to you in two three five years what's the vision for Airbase what's what's next where do you want to take it? Look, uh, it, it it took a pretty big exciting opportunity for me to say. 
I can commit another 10, 12 years of my life to going and doing another company, right? And because you know, traditionally the kinds of companies that I've been involved with or, or enjoy building are fast growing venture funded uh, companies, uh, you know, which are a different breed of business, right? And uh, so I signed up for Airbase because you know, I have a lot of conviction that huge market, large opportunity, and, and uh, you know, it's something that we can uh, go convert into uh, something very impactful. And uh, you know, that's the journey we are on, right? We think uh, there's a lot uh, of growth ahead of us. There's a lot of kind of serving of our core constituency of finance and accounting uh, teams ahead of us. And if we continue to focus on that and, and do right by them and uh, you know, go build uh, a valuable product and solution, uh, the business will will take care of itself, and uh, you know we'll end up building something uh, amazing, right? And so that's the journey we're on. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. If people want to learn more, tell us how to reach you. So you know, first of all, uh, the business you already mentioned, our website headbase.com. But me personally, I'm on LinkedIn, and so you can just uh, you know find me on LinkedIn and reach out to me over there, and uh, that's the best way to do it. So Thejo, thank you so much for, for sharing all of these insights and, and for your story. I know I made notes and, and picked up a couple tips. To our listeners, if there was something in this episode and in Airbase's story that you think somebody else should hear, please forward a copy of this podcast so that they can get the goods. And again, always keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. If there's a, a innovative CEO, company founder, thought leader that you think I need to speak to, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Again, thank you, Thejo, for being such a wonderful guest today. Allison, thank you for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.